Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So we got a lot to talk about today. We got to start with Halle Berry, who is pissed off at Drake yeah. over um, an image that has overtones of sexual subjugation. Yes, and especially because Drake is using that image of Halle Berry um, as to promote his new song with SZA. The song is called uh, Slime You Out, and that is the image that he used, an image of Halle Berry from the Kids' Choice Awards, I don't know, was it 20, 2012? When she got slimed. And, so and that was innocent enough when Everybody it saw when he posted, when right. the song came out and he posted that image, um, like, oh, I guess Halle Berry and Drake are cool. And he let, she's like, yeah, fine, use my photo. They're not cool. Or her, she's not cool with him. Yeah, she is not cool about this at all. Uh, but says Drake did reach out. So this all sort of came out on social media. People asked Halle Berry, what did you think about Drake using it? She said, he didn't get my permission. That's not cool. I thought better of him. Hence my post today. When people you admire disappoint you, you have to be the bigger person and move on. And then someone else chimes in and said that he doesn't compare to you. She said, he did have his people call my people, and I said, no, I didn't like that image of slime all over my face in association with his song, and he chose to do it anyway. You see, that is the disrespect. And when, she, cool. and when she says that she didn't like the image in connection with the song, the the song, the term they use Slime you is about sexually dominating somebody, subjugating them, and she just didn't want it. The interesting part about this is he didn't really have to get her permission in the first place because the And that's image, why he still did it, even though the right. answer was no. But it's interesting because this is um, a Getty picture. Getty Images basically owns this, photo and agency. you can license it so they didn't, he didn't have to go to her, but by going to her, when she says no, he didn't- Well, now like, you've put yourself in a bad position. Right, yeah. By the way, I mean, right. essentially he was looking for her blessing and he didn't get it. And he said, okay, fine, I'm gonna do it anyway. And he had every right to do that. So when she says that he didn't get my permission, there was no permission needed in the first place. So we should clarify that. Two, this is not actual official cover art for his single. If you go to YouTube and look up at the song, there's different art there. What this was is it was a photo he posted on his Instagram to plug the song. So it was sort of just him plugging it on social media. It wasn't anything official. Uh, and yet, Halle Berry is upset about it. But, but wait a minute, that's official. I mean, no, it's it's not official on it's YouTube not, though. It, it, like it's, it's not the thing that's no, no, actually no, making you're money. Right, it's not official, but it, but official he made it in the official sense of that, marketing. It's right, and when he reached out of the marketing so, campaign. So either, again, so Halle Berry is sort of mistaken by saying that he needed permission, he didn't need permission, he wanted her blessing. He didn't get it, he did it anyway. Kind of par for the course for Drake, frankly. And you look, and honestly, this picture and this whole song and everything, it is in fact vulgar. It is in fact sexually suggestive. Everybody knows exactly what he's getting at with this whole thing. Uh, so I can understand why Halle Berry wanted no part of that. Uh, she has every right to be mad at him. And frankly, rightly so, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And he didn't have to get her permission. But by asking, why'd you ask right. if Don't you were going to do it anyway? Well, you know why I asked her? Because wanted. he was hoping that she was going to say she's he into it to cover and that ass, she would help and that she would help sort of promote it. But you know the downside to that, which is if she says no, you're in a bind. But Drake doesn't think anyone's gonna say no. I think that's right. <laughs> I yeah, unfortunately that's him, right. Halle Berry's a little too classy for all that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he kind of did the same thing with Anna Wintour with the whole using yeah. the, the Vogue cover to promote the song that he did with 21 Savage. They got sued for that. Yeah, and they ended up getting sued. But again, he thought that Anna would be totally cool with it and that Vogue would be in, on board and 
I guess when you look at percentages, he probably does get people saying yes to a whole lot because they want to be associated with uh, with Drake music. Uh, But he had to know. Uh, Obviously, he knew what he was talking, what what the message was with Slime because it was his song, and he had to know there was a chance she was going to say no, which she did. But it's like, what was his end game to say? Well, screw it, I'm going to do it anyway. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Hey, my name is Sizzle Fool. I'm from Denver, Colorado. And I mean, I heard the song and I didn't really take it so badly. I didn't take it as he was like sexualizing her or anything like that. So I didn't look at it as so horrible. But also when she says no, I think you should probably stick with the no that she gave, regardless if you don't really need the permission. I feel like he should have stuck with the no because, I mean, no means no. It's going to be interesting what he does going forward. Is this a lesson learned where... Or is it kind of brilliant on his part in that... He got more publicity. Right. Her her not wanting it, and he knows he doesn't need a permission, it gets more publicity. You are so Machiavellian. Hmm. Now, Drake is the Machiavellian one, not me. I was going to say I respect that. Uh, (laughs) We are going to move on. Yes, uh, to another puzzling turn of events, uh, and that is uh, Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Hudson, and Bill Maher. And Bill Maher. Deciding they are not going to bring their talk shows back. And the talk. As they had announced last week, and the talk as well. Drew Barrymore really is sort of the the centerpiece in this whole thing. Um, She was the first domino to flip, I guess you'd say. Um, Normally it would be fall, but I'm here, she flipped. Uh, So we told you last week that Drew uh, was getting a lot of you know, backlash from saying she's going to bring her show back during the strike. She posted this very tearful apology, which, which was we didn't bizarre. really understand because at the end of the apology, she said she's still doing her show. And, and it's like you're apologizing, but you're doing it, and you knew it going in that you, I, she had to know she was going to get this kind of backlash. And she got excoriated by Rosie O'Donnell, by Deborah Messing. On social media, just skewered. That was on, she, over on Saturday. She got it the worst from people from her peers. From her peers, but she had to know this was coming, and that is what's so puzzling. It seems she like took, she took a position that I have to protect the vast majority of my staff, which is not involved in the strike but suffering because of it. Right. Um, and after that tongue lashing from Rosie O'Donnell and others on Saturday, Sunday morning, she folded. She capitulated and said. Uh, she is not going to bring her show back after all. She said, I have listened to everyone and I am making the decision to pause the show's premiere until the strike is over. I have no words to express my deepest apologies to anyone I have hurt and, of course, to our incredible team who works on the show and has made it what it is today. We really tried to find a way forward and I hope for a resolution for the entire industry so, soon. So then um, she was the linchpin and then all of a sudden everybody followed suit. Jennifer Hudson said... Well, she was going to do the same thing. She was going to bring her show back, decided not to bring her show back. Talk, same thing, not going to do it. The big surprise is Bill Maher. But the way he positioned it is different and kind of interesting. Here's what he said. I think this is really interesting. Yes, it's not because it feels like it's not about the public backlash or even industry backlash. Uh, Bill Maher said the reason that he was coming back is because the writers um, are scheduled to have a meeting. I think it's worth reading this because yeah. there's a line in here. That's My decision really to return to work was made when it seemed nothing was happening in the negotiations and there was no end in sight to this strike. Now that both sides have agreed to go back to the negotiating table, I'm going to delay the return of real time for now and hope they can finally get this done. The words for now 
are what it's really is interesting here because he's not closing the door if they reach an Im, if they're in an impasse and no end in sight because that I, those words for now I think are critical. They, they, they are really critical, but at the same time, you got to think that these three individuals we're bringing out, Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Hudson, and Bill Maher. If they do, if the strike, if the strike does end and they come back, have, they've done a huge disservice to themselves, I think, in terms of their relationships with the writers going forward. So not only have they called for, you know, to basically over to, to not to not abide by the strike and to go back to work without the writers, but now they're going to be somehow uh, in a position to have to work with these folks going forward. It's going to be very, very difficult to do. What I find really interesting is, does this kind of incentivize? the writers to reach some kind of a compromise, some kind of an agreement, because they see that it was about to bust at the seams and they've mm. been able to keep it together. But it seems like people are really antsy, at least some people. And if it starts to blow apart again, it could really damage so their saying, effort. So you're saying that- Does it incentivize them? But you're really saying that it's already weakened their position to the point that they should they it's, should give a little bit more at the negotiating table because they have to. I think it's opened their it's opened their eyes that everybody is not necessarily single-minded. And I wonder if it does incentivize them some, and maybe the studios too, to say, look, now there's an opening because they are coming back. Now, I think I think they're gonna meet Wednesday. I think that right. was the plan. So we'll see. If they reach an agreement, fantastic. If they don't, it's, it's gonna, gonna be get interesting. super interesting. <laughs> Hey guys, it's A. Wood from Atlanta. I feel awful for Drew Barrymore. She's not, she's the first one to do it, but she wasn't the only one. But she seemed to be the only one getting the really bad backlash. All the shows had decided to come back. Now all of them have walked it back just like her. I feel awful for her because again, she might've been the first, but she wasn't the only. And I don't think the writers are gonna be forgiving about this at all. Well, but wait a minute, but why did she apologize tearfully? That's the thing. Why apologize tearfully if she had a position? She can always pull it back. But when she apologized, what would have made sense to me is when she apologized tearfully, if she said, I'm not going to come back. That's when she could have said, because she was explaining there that she had heard all these people. Yeah. She's sorry she yeah. upset them. I'm yeah. not bringing it back. It, it, it doesn't I, make a whole lot of sense. Ariana Grande is officially in the divorce process now. Uh, she By has the way, filed. And so is her husband. Yes, uh, and I, that was, you know, we were saying that this split seems fairly amicable, despite the fact that she is dating someone else now. I think he is too, Charles. And maybe, yeah, actually, from this what is I heard. a good sign. But the reason I say that the bring up the, the it being amicable is the fact that they both filed, and they filed at the exact same time. So Which she, usually means we've worked all of this out, we're good, we're filing. And that's what it means here. Yeah. So this morning, uh, Ariana filed seconds later, uh, followed by Dalton's response. So this was a well-coordinated effort. Um, it was planned. And the reason they delayed, and I think this is really important, um, the date of separation was February 20th. So that's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So um, they hashed out whatever they hashed out. Um, and when they filed today, they've already settled this thing. Right. And um, the settlement, look, they don't have kids. They have a prenup. Um, and so the settlement, we're told, she cut him a check. Mm -hmm. um, don't know how much for. In addition to what the prenup called for, or, or this is a check that the prenup. What we're told is, 
He's doing somewhat better than the prenup. It's not like breaking the bank or anything. Right, right, right. But that's the way these things work. With a settlement, it means that if the prenup says this and he wants something more, you come up with something. And that, that's right. what they did. And they've kind of worked it out. So no drama. Um, they filed and they're moving on with their lives. Kind of refreshing, right? Considering we're also in the middle of, you know, Britney, or not in the middle of, but we had Kim and Kanye, which was so contentious. We had Kevin Costner. That's still ongoing. That's a real nasty divorce. Kim it's and Croy. Kim and Croy, right? It's kind of nice to see one where both sides can say, hey, you know, this relationship is done, so let's kind of cause least amount of headaches for each other moving forward. We're told, I spoke to a source who knows both of them who said it was very cordial. Um, it's kind of a, a loving, respectful, and caring process that they've gone through these last few months, and uh, now we're seeing the end result. God, he's tall. <laughs> I didn't realize how tall he was. She's also really short. Maybe but, so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, I think this has something to do with the pandemic, too. That right. I think pandemic relationships are kind of eye-opening when you get out of the pandemic and you say, maybe we don't have as much in common as we thought we did because mm -hmm. now we have so many options to live that we're, our, our lives are not necessarily aligned for marriage. But it doesn't mean there has to be nastiness. I think the pandemic right. is a little bit different than a normal relationship. That it and makes that, it easier for both people yeah. to be like, yeah, this isn't right. Yeah, and this was a pandemic relationship. So, I mean, this is the way the legal system works, is that, yeah, you know, she had her position, he had his. You somehow figure out a compromise and where both sides feel decent about the way it resolves, and they did that. Right, and that's now a, they and that's a file, work. and basically they wait for the judge to sign off. Right. And was it, six months? It'll be six months, yeah. yeah and it's over. Hi, my name is Camila from Ontario, Canada, and I, after months of all this drama, I'm just happy that everything is finally settled. You know, there's no back and forth going on anymore. Everyone's just separated. And I do agree what you have to say about, you know, pandemic relationships. I feel like it's more heightened in the, in the pandemic because you guys stuck together. And now that everyone's back to work, it's kind of like, well, I feel like we don't have as much in common. And whether they're together with other people, different relationships, I'm just, Ariana Grande just needs to be happy. It's been a rough 10 years for her. She just needs to be happy. <laughs> she's already moved on because she's with uh, her co-star of Wicked, yeah. Ethan Slater. Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, uh, moving on now to the couple that everybody wants to be a couple, and maybe they are. I think they are, Charles. But Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were all the talk this weekend. In football circles, because <laughs> when Travis Kelsey did not play the first week uh, of the NFL's schedule, he was injured, but he played this weekend, and the announcers, uh, especially during the game when he scored a touchdown, they're all thinking Taylor Swift, and it was obvious. Kelsey, the motion man, low snap, Mahomes moving pocket, Mahomes floats it up, caught, touchdown, Travis Kelsey! Kelsey finds a blank space. For the score. <laughs> I think a lot of people did not even realize that I and Eagle did that. I gotta give him I gotta give him props. That was a pretty good that use was, of that. That was good. Well he he was loaded with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he I mean normally, I would be honest, if you had said something like that, we'd all groan and go like, oh. My I God. know. Why did he know, but I don't know, but no, when he says it, it's fine. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so Babcock, uh, my my intel is I, I, I don't know for sure. 
but I have intel on this. I am pretty sure they're dating. But I'm seeing I, each other. Go ahead and make your, your argument. I'm yeah, going to explain you why I think it? it isn't. But Well, I have a... I, right, you've spoken I, to some people and you think this, that. And, I, and I, I, you know what? I, I, I'll be honest. I don't have any intel, but just going by Jason Kelsey's reaction, I know we talked about this last week, his brother, yeah. the NFL star as well. I, I think that if they weren't dating, that Jason would have probably had a different reaction rather than, oh, he's having fun. He's having fun. I, I, I'm with you, Harv. I think But dating. Travis is always having fun. Here's why I think they're not dating. Because uh, Rich Eisen from the uh, NFL Network also posted some stuff this weekend about Travis Kelsey and made a lot of references to, uh, to, tra- to Taylor Swift in talking about Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey saw one of these posts and he commented on it and said, well played, Rich, well played. I don't, if he's really dating her, I don't think he would do that. And I have to agree with you, Charles. I don't think he would comment either. And honestly, it doesn't hurt for this narrative to keep right. going. It gets him in the news. It gets Taylor in the news after her breakup from Maddie Healy. I think it's good for both of them. Good publicity. And they need to just ride it out as long as possible because they're both hot. And if they were hooking up, cool. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, can't, say, I can't say more. All right. I, got, I got my reasons for saying. And I got my reasons. Uh, but yep. I, That's, uh, I, I have to wrong. bet. I'm, I'm betting on my reasons. I'm betting on mine. Hey, what's up? It's Wiz. I'm out here in Tampa, Florida. Um, whether they're dating, seeing each other or not, like I agree. Like it's a it's a good thing for the media. It's fun. The NFL is gonna and the media is gonna keep juicing it and egging it along. Um, it's good for both of their careers because they're both hot. And yeah, like I think we should we should just embrace it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not the it's the most innocent rumor, whatever. Nobody's just, hurt by it. And, and if but, it's true. We came up with a name. By the way, um, we'll get to this later. We'll get, we'll get to this later. We put whether people liked um, our name on our polls, which we're going to get to. But trailer would make a lot of sense. That's all I got to say. Well, all the excitement over the InSync reunion uh, continues because after they showed up together at the VMAs last week, every, all the fans want more, right? Including Taylor Swift. <laughs> Especially Taylor Swift. They want more than just the one single that is associated with the Trolls movie that's coming out. Um, they want to see more of them. They want like a full album, maybe a tour. Uh, we had been told by people connected to the group that that was not in the works at the moment. And, that, and it may be Justin Timberlake does something solo, right. but not the group itself. Well, we got uh, Lance Bass and J.C. Chazé at LAX. Uh, over the weekend, and they're singing a slightly different tune. I will say this. You listen to them here. They are definitely leaving the door open. Are you ready for the any second your tour? Yeah? Are you happy with that? Make sure that the sack's right here. Is there any chance you guys might, you know, take it on the road, get back together and go on tour? Let us start with one. Let's just start with one song and see how that goes. So you're not ruling out the possibility of, you know, maybe an album or a tour. Anything's possible. That's interesting. Hmm. So the door is open with them. Look, I mean, I think- It all depends on how people react to the song once it's released. 
And it's no. just, but Justin Timberlake would still be the wild card in this, right? See, I don't know. I don't see Justin doing this again. I, I, he's obviously supportive of the other guys, but Justin is such a big name. No offense to the other guys. I just don't see him going back and doing like a full tour with, with the other well, four guys. So, except, you're, so your point is that he only got them back together for this song because it worked with the narrative of the movie and you don't think he wants to do anything beyond that. Is that what you're saying, Brendan? I mean, I don't think he, I just think he's so busy and I, he doesn't need it. Does he need it? I mean, it could be more money, but he's got all, all this other stuff going on. He's he got a new a album coming out. Yeah, could he, he needs, be going he needs a hit. He needs a himself? hit. Yeah. And if he can get a hit with the group, but he's getting misses with his own singles. Right, if his solo stuff isn't hitting the way it used to, well, let's see what happens when we get the group back together. All I have to do is mention the Eagles and anything's possible. Hi, my name is Elizabeth Howard. I'm from Austin, Texas. And let me tell you something. If NSYNC gets back together, that's amazing. They're an iconic group and they have a fan bases all over the world. So you can definitely guarantee there's going to be people showing up at their shows. They're entertainers and it'll be a great time. I got to say, why do I kind of feel like it's going to happen. The song's going to be a big hit. The song's going to be a big hit. I honestly don't know about that. I, I, I don't understand. Like a residency. Not, a not necessarily a tour, but like a month-long residency in Vegas. There you go. Okay, there I you mean, go. That's You're the welcome. easy money. That's You're the welcome. easy money. It's You're there welcome. for the taking. Okay, we're moving on. Yes, uh, to Hugh Jackman, uh, in the wake of the announcement that he made that he and his wife, Deborah, are splitting up after what, 27 years of marriage. Uh, he was out in New York City this weekend, and uh, the, the, their announcement made it seem like we've thought about this, and it's totally fine. You seems like um, life's good, based on what he was doing in New York this weekend. What kind of individual growth are you pursuing uh, next? Not quite right talking about on the street, but <laughs> I appreciate your thoughts, man. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. What, what, what are we uh, gonna? The difficult times. No, I know. I understand. I understand. What are we going to see? When are we going to see uh, the the next uh, Deadpool? I know they stopped production because of uh, the strike. Soon as well, I can't really know until that oh, okay. we get back to work, but hopefully soon. I hope. Possible, so the personal growth he was referring to, remember in the statement, they said they're both going both on their journey, on their journey, individual their personal journey. growth. Um, so he did not give it up what it is, but uh, you know, if you're Hugh Jackman, life's pretty good, right? I mean, I know you said it's a difficult time, and I'm sure after 27 years, even if it is amicable, that's still yeah, hard it's to a just not have part that of his person. life. Right. And, you know, it does kind of align with the fact that his youngest child just, their youngest child just turned 18. So the kids right. are adults now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it feels like this was something that just didn't happen, but yeah. happened over a period of time. Right. Welcome back to TMZ Live, and uh, easily, for me, one of the most disturbing stories in the world of music uh, happened just a couple of days ago involving, me. <laughs> involving Jan Wenner, who is the co-founder of Rolling Stone magazine. He's also uh, the person who was on the board that selects um, artists for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was really his idea to do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So he's pitching a book that he's written about the masters, the people that of he rock and roll. admires most. So you take a look at them. The, the people that he's spoken to, Bono, Dylan, um, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, 
uh, Bruce Springsteen, Pete Townsend. Who's the, wait, who's the Garcia? Jerry Garcia. Oh, so some of these were obviously old interviews that he's done because Jerry Garcia is no longer with us. Right. But um, so you see the problem there, right? So he's talking to the New York Times about this book. And they're saying, One, why are they all dudes? Why are they all, why are they all dudes? Why are they all white guys? And he said the people had to meet a couple criteria, the people he was going to interview, but it was just kind of my personal interest. Insofar as the women, just none of them were as articulate enough on this intellectual level. Okay, oh can we oh just boy. take a moment there? Oh, God. Yeah. He could have just stopped. But Someone he said, should have stopped. But he said He that, continued. And then he went on. It's not that they're not creative geniuses. It's not that they're in, are inarticulate, although... Go have a deep conversation with Grace Slick or Janis Joplin. Please be my guest. It's wow. so wow. dismissive. And then there were things he said about Stevie Wonder. So the interviewer was like, well, why wouldn't you have spoken to Stevie Wonder? And it got even more problematic at that point. <laughs> he says, a black artist, Stevie Wonder, genius, right? I suppose when you use a word as broad as masters, the fault is using that word. Maybe Marvin Gaye or Curtis Mayfield. They just didn't articulate at that level. He's no longer with um, Rolling Stone. Stone. He hasn't been there for several years. But um, the reaction was swift. He has been removed from the board that determines who gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there has just been an outpouring of criticism, obviously, uh, as a result of what he said. Yes, so one of the people who's been very critical, very vocal about this is Vernon Reed, who is the lead guitarist, co-founder of uh, Living Color. And, um, you know, look, Living Color was on the cover of Rolling Stone back in 1990. Um, but I'm curious what uh, Vernon Reed's, other, any interactions with Jan Wenner have been. He was outraged by these comments as well. He is joining us right now. Vernon, welcome to TMZ Live. Thanks for having me. So, Vernon, there are so many things to ask you. I guess my first thing is, you know, you must have some feeling about how he could be this tone deaf um, and talk to the New York Times in this way, where he just dismisses women and people of color in a way that he... As, just, if, as if they had just, nothing to do with the foundation of rock yeah, and Yeah, and right. <laughs> and right. it feels like, you know, this is somebody who should understand how to read the room, and he just didn't. Well, you know, I'm I'm actually a little grateful that he said the quiet part out loud, you know, like mm. he uh he basically you know really told about his position about his, you know, about class a lot of it's about class, a lot of it's about access, you know, he's talking about his friends and that's okay, but when you call them masters in this certain context and you leave out a Stevie Wonder, then then serious questions have to be raised. You know, how do you how do you Say that when Joni Mitchell is still alive. How do you say that with a Chrissy Hind? How do you how do you not engage with a Michelle Indagio Cello, who's who's built one of the most fascinating bodies of work of the last 20, 30 years? I mean, it's kind of like it, it, I mean, it's it's staggering, but it's not surprising at all on a level. I mean, this is kind of has always been part of the situation of the structure of the top-down structure, uh, the hierarchical structure of what's con- what, what is considered worthy of attention. So why do you say, Vernon, that it's not surprising? It sounds like you're, you're hinting at something that people in the industry have said or known for years and just never said it out loud. What, what, what do you mean it's not surprising that he would say it? 
he, he said something in the article which was really stunning. And he says, you know, um, for publicity's sake, maybe I should have uh, added uh, a black and a woman who are not to the historical standard. And when you st- you have to stop and say, well, who determines what the historical standard is? Now, Rolling Stone was supposed to be the counterculture. You have to ask yourself, the counterculture to what? Because that's, that idea of a canon that has to be rigorously defended and enforced, and, 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 is, and the canon is about who's left out as well as who's in. To me, it feels like when I, when I read his explanation, if you will, for having selected these people, what he's really saying is, these are the people that I was comfortable talking with. That right. and for whatever reason, whatever Jan Wenner's personal feelings are about people of color or women, he, it sounded to me like he is not comfortable having a conversation with them and feels, obviously, he feels like they are somehow inferior to him intellectually. I mean, he's really just talking about, hey, these are my friends, then just say that, instead of belittling everybody else. Right, the, the thing, if, if, you, if he wants to have personal conversations with people, that's fine. But when you position them as masters in some kind of objective, it's, it's deeply subjective, when you position them that way, and then you leave out a Stevie Wonder or a Prince, or you never bothered to, to have those relationships or try to have those relationships, that's problematic. You know, Vernon, you said something really interesting that, you know, it seems like that these got that that his position um, is so anathema to what Rolling Stone started as. You said it was a countercultural right. um, magazine, which it was, because I remember it as as a young person, and it was what we it was kind of our north star, what we looked to, and now you look at him and what he said. And it's so elitist, you know. It's so kind of effete that that that, that it I can't reconcile. It's like the, it's like what the guy Rolling who was started that has become what yeah, he was fighting. Exactly, against. he's become the person that he was fighting. I'll paraphrase and quote Pete Townsend: "Meet the new boss, same as the old boss." Ooh, yeah, exactly. So what is the 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 group that decides who gets inducted in the Hall of Fame? Or what more is done to remedy this? Because this has done a lot of damage. I, I think there needs to be a sense of a real changing of the guard. You know, now that he's out of the, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, you know, in that in that role of determining who gets in and gets out, and then he's also he's gone from Rolling Stone. I mean, it would be great to see like one of the writers at Rolling Stone who supported us is David Frick. You know, who, I mean, when David Frick wrote about us in the Black Rock Coalition, he literally had to fight to get those pages in the magazine. Like somebody, like people with um, a more expansive point of view coming into positions of power and, and, and being able to make decisions. I mean, that's really what's next. I mean, really, that's, that's, that's essentially what needs to happen. That's a really interesting take, that you're not really upset it was said because you knew it was happening. I'd rather have him do that than what he what he thought about doing. I'm glad he didn't do that. I'm glad he didn't have a token in the, interview yeah. with Stevie Wonder or had a token interview yeah. with with with, jo- with with Joni Mitchell. I mean, that would be horrible. You know, if he, he this this whole book was predicated on his relationships with these icons. Yeah. The idea that he didn't choose to have relationships or attempt to with other people that's very telling. But I'm glad he did what he did because now it's out in the open. Yeah. Yeah, really better, interesting. Better to know what you're up against than someone just 
say it out, out loud. Better to know what it is, and then you can make a change. Hey, Vernon, it was great having great you on. You're, you, I love the way you're thinking about this. Thank By you. the way, I should tell anyone, I, I've been following Vernon on Twitter for years. One of the best follows. If you want it, a really someone who really is a deep thinker about music, check him out. Vernon, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Vernon. Burnt 22, song of the day. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Vernon. That's right. Wow. There's a song of the day every day. It's, it's that awesome. was so interesting. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think of his take until it makes a lot of sense. Nicki Minaj and Cardi B is the feud that just won't die. Even when they don't say anything about each other. Has it been 10 years? It feels, um, it's been, I don't know if it's, it's been, been 10 years and years. It feels like 10 I years. I remember, remember the Plaza Hotel oh, yeah. with the shoe and the whole thing. <laughs> yes. That well, was a long time ago. This weekend, their husbands got involved. Um, more accurately, really, Kenneth Petty started this, Nikki's husband, and then Offset responded. But for some reason, and obviously I would think it has to do with the Cardi and, and, the Cardi and Nikki feud, mm, right. Kenneth and some friends found themselves outside of a building in New York City where they believed Offset was, and it certainly sounds like they wanted to have a, at the very least, a stern talking with him, and probably a lot more than that. Offset, where you at? That's it. We outside! Big Zoo outside! Big Queens, what? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? man, what's up? Man. Yeah, huh? You don't know. Yeah. They said you don't yeah. know. Yeah. Zoom. Yeah. Planning your funeral. Yeah. Nobody hiding around here, man. Yeah, outside. Yeah. We, yeah. we ain't ducking yeah. action. Yeah. We ain't ducking yeah. action. I just saying, these are grown ass men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they sound like a bunch of teenagers, like after school, like threatening someone, like, "Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight?" Well, <laughs> Offset saw this. Um, and here is his response. Pretty simple. Wait a <laughs> I'm getting out of shit. He f <laughs> he f about. He f about. He f bro. <laughs> we up in our jets, bitch. Y'all he tried to outjet him. <laughs> Honestly, you guys, I look forward to the day where Nikki and Cardi squash this beef. It all started in 2017, but it's getting out of hand. Now when you've got your men over here beefing with each other, shending shots and DMs, making Instagram videos, posting, calling each other out for how much money they make, it's just getting to be too much. Like, it's just too much. Uh, Offset, I think he was defending his, his wife. Um, some of Kenneth's friends kind of took shots at Cardi at the VMAs, um, which is kind of what fans are speculating started this whole debacle uh, but it's honestly it's just it's time to just end this beef let's let's do a song together let's make friends and, and move on are the kids too young to jump in yes <laughs> yes the kids yes the kids well, nikki I did nikki, nikki did actually she just posted not too long ago a photo with kenneth and uh, papa bear her son um seemingly saying to me that seems to say she's sticking beside her man she's not going anywhere personally i think kenneth is a little corny for nikki but you know <laughs> Darian Roy here from Front Royal Virginia. And like you said, they're grown men. They staying outside doing all that. But if you're doing it on the internet, you might as well, what are you going to do? WrestleMania right out on the corner. Tell them to have a um, tag team Oh, I like that. Up. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, wow, that would be something. Okay. Yeah. Um, but WrestleMania, that is a great idea. That would be idea. awesome. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the WWE would love that, but I don't know if, I don't know about them. 
this video is either absolutely hysterical. It's funny. Or it's um, That's funny. disturbing. Some parents find it disturbing. Oh, God. Kim Kardashian was taking, actually, the biggest news here for you is that there's an islands still open. I know. The valley. They closed it where I live. very upset that islands is closing in some places. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kim was taking uh, Saint, uh, her seven-year-old son, uh, out to islands after he had had a basketball, I think it was basketball practice. So jealous. Um, with uh, some of his teammates. And the paparazzi were waiting outside, and Saint is not a fan of that. So watch what he does, <laughs> and then watch what Kim does. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is a seven-year-old boy right there. He waited until mom definitely couldn't see him to do the no, second bird. No, but she bird. noticed. Somehow, I, I see, you guys, she, no, she didn't you, notice. You guys oh, yeah, think, you guys think she bird. noticed. I don't think she noticed, and she definitely is gonna find out now that we've posted this video. And I honestly think the kid's gonna be in trouble. It's super harmless. <laughs> Why but, she but, but as a mom, you can't have your seven-year-old flipping off random oh, people. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it said the non-parent. Uh, um, yeah, I, it's funny to me. My kids but, don't do that. Give me a break. <laughs> Brandon Pipkin, Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I felt that it was inexcusable for what uh, Saint did, and he should have. She should have scolded him and made him apologize because is this this not right what he did? You know, yeah. And he, she should have made him apologize. It's definitely not right, and I get it. If you're the parent, God, why I, it's not funny? I would be a terrible parent. It's not my kid. So. <laughs> Big weekend for Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. They were over in Italy, not just any vacation. They went to Lake Como and they went back to celebrate their 10th anniversary. Not, they could have just gone for a vacation, but they decided they wanted to um, renew their vows. So they had a, another, I guess you call it a second wedding reception. Which, yeah. Sort of. See, I think, I mean, it's great and it's very fancy and the kids were there and all and they had a good time, which is great. But I think, and we, I, you know, I, we, here we go. Musings on love from Harvey Levin. So my musing is that rather than to death till us do us part, they should do it like a driver's license, where every four years you got to sit down with your spouse and say, okay, do we re up or not? What it makes you do then is realize that it's not just going on indefinitely, but you have to consciously Don't make Don't you decisions. understand how avoidance works? Nobody <laughs> wants to sit down and actually have that conversation. Right, they're afraid to have the conversation. Right. They should have the conversation. It'd be a good thing, Listen, right? If you can get a trip to Lake Como out of it at the end, then oh, yes, yeah. maybe people would do it. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow.